0: Amen. How many of you want to give him every praise? Hallelujah. Well, welcome this evening. Thank God for everyone here, and we thank God for you on live stream. Amen. And you don't have the handout I gave out tonight, but if you take a few notes, and if you like, just ring us at the office. And we can email it to you or snail mail it to you, whichever you like. Amen? But uh, it's going to be an awesome Bible study more than a preaching tonight because I think it's important that we, the people of God, understand the Hebrew. Amen? So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer tonight and just ask Him to bind our minds to Him, to His wisdom, to His understanding. And Father, we thank you tonight in the precious and awesome, mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that you have inhabited our praises.
1: And now, Father,
0: we ask that we have the wisdom of God. We bind our minds to the mind of Christ tonight. We bind our minds to understand your word. And Lord, we just thank you that as we receive tonight, we'll not just use it all on us. But we'll take it as we walk out these doors and hit our mission field and take it to nations as we meet people from every place. So, God, we thank you tonight. Thank you. Thank you that, God, we can just sit and soak in your word tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you look at the title, Jesus was a what? Amen. How many of you, if I said, what do you think that uh, Jesus and Joseph did for a living, what would you say? What? Carpenters, right? That's what we've been told forever. But I'm going to just show you some things tonight that will challenge that. Because Jesus really wasn't a carpenter. What? He might have done some work in Joseph II with wood. But I want to look at the Hebrew tonight because don't forget, we've been trained and raised up because of the fact that the Bible was translated in the King James Version English. And so those folks back then, even in the Greek, transferring it from the Greek to, the, to English, just figured, well, everybody's from England. Jesus must have been a carpenter because that's what it translated for them. He worked with wood. That's what they interpreted because they worked with wood. But I want to show you tonight something interesting. Look at your neighbor and just say another perspective. All right. If you look at the handout I gave you tonight, look at Matthew 13, 55 with me. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And look at Mark 6, 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. That word carpenter, here's the kicker. That word carpenter in these scriptures, in the Greek it's translated tecton. Tekton means in the original language, a builder. Ah. It translates stonemason. It translates architect. But because they were translating from Greek to English thought and they figured well he was like us, a carpenter. The problem with their interpretation okay there are there are wood builders right that's where they got the carpenter part from architects generally often work with wood but here's the problem in Israel where Jesus lived was raised Israel doesn't have a lot of trees there's not a lot of wood to work with in Israel it's stony there's a lot of brick. There's very little wood. The wood that they would have had would have been chopped down and made into rafts to transport things on the Mediterranean. Look at your neighbors, say interesting. Jesus wasn't necessarily a carpenter woodworker. He was a builder, a stonemason. Now, if we look at that in that light, how many of you would say, look at this now? Look at John 8, 7. Oh, wait, we don't have that one there. Okay. John 8, 7 it will say, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Didn't say pick up all the wood you could find or the twigs or the tree limbs and throw them at her. They stoned people to death. Why? Because there was a lot of stone everywhere. It was easy to pick up and grab and toss. You with me? Look at Matthew 16, 18. You have this one. And I say to thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Very interesting scripture. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not tree limb, not tree trunk, upon this rock I will build my church. Because rock, stones, that was very prevalent and still is in Israel. When I was in Israel with Bishop two years ago, it's still very stony, rocky. You know, you could not walk. How many of you love the summer months? You can walk around barefoot. You could not do that in Israel anywhere. Even outside your house, it's gravel and stone and, you know, hard dirt. Because that's what was prevalent. And... Many interpretations have messed up with this because this scripture isn't talking about Peter. It's not talking about the church being built on Peter, the rock. It's talking about Peter becoming an imitation, an example of Jesus, the rock. You getting that? Now, look at the most interesting one, Psalm 118, verse 22. We have that one, right? Okay. The stone, not the tree branch, not a sharpened piece of wood, the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. The chief cornerstone. How many of you see that puts a whole fresh light on the chief cornerstone? How many of you have studied that scripture and thought, why did they say the stone the builders rejected? Because people have to understand Jesus was a stonemason, he was a builder. That's who they rejected, he was the chief. Cornerstone, the chief builder, the chief rock, tecton is the Greek t e k t o n, a stonemason, mason, a builder, an architect. Look at this; they all refer back to Jesus as what? As the architect of creation. Here's another point that'll bring that home. In the Hebrew, the very first word of Genesis is called Bir Sheet. Beresheet. That's Hebrew translated in the beginning. Or it's also translated through the firstborn. In Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it would say, through the firstborn, God created the heavens and the earth. Wow. How many of you, that gives it a fresh light. Through the firstborn of all creation, Jesus the Christ. Wow. Wow. How many of you have heard people say Jesus is in the Old Testament? And you've wondered where? (laughs) How do I dig that out? Right here. Very first word in the Hebrew of Genesis is Bereshit and it means through the firstborn. Through the firstborn. God created the heavens and the earth. Who was the firstborn? Jesus. How many of you thank God through the firstborn, he created the heavens and the earth. And then if that's not awesome, Colossians 1.15, and I don't think they have this because I kind of got this one as I studied it more this afternoon, but it speaks of Jesus as the firstborn of all creation. How many of you have seen that scripture, but it's just like you read the Bible and it goes right over your head? He's the firstborn of everything. But the awesome thing is that he's the firstborn of the earth. And Revelation 1.3 says he's the firstborn from the dead. So he's the beginning and he's the end. And we get to rejoice that we're wrapped up in that whole thing of Jesus. He is the master craftsman. He is the master architect over creation. Listen, even John, the beloved, understood this. How many of you know that John was probably the closest apostle to Jesus? Speaks of John laying his head on Jesus neck and chest it speaks of how john was there through it all he didn't care and look at john 1 3 because john knew this through the power of the holy spirit that jesus was the firstborn of the living from creation and the firstborn of the dead look at what john says all things were made by him wow that's oh that's new testament Where do you think John got that? Because John was a studier of the Torah, the Hebrew, the first five books of the Jewish Bible. Oh, I'll take that back. (laughs) All things were made by him. Look at this. Without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, nothing. Nothing has been created except by Him. He created everything. He is Lord of the universe. He was the firstborn of creation. And it says in Genesis 1, through the firstborn, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says He's the firstborn of the dead. That means He rose up. He conquered death. He's everything. How many of you are so blessed you serve this kind of God? How many of you are blessed that you serve a God whose bones are not in the ground? You don't have to talk about all that he did while he was on earth because his bones ain't in the ground. He rose from the dead and he's still alive. And he'll live forevermore. And when I began to look at this, and it called him the master craftsman, the master architect. How many of you ever created something? Maybe you drew something. Maybe you wrote a song. Maybe you've created a a piece of ceramic. Maybe you've built a house with the builders. Whatever it is that you have put together, maybe it was a puzzle that you put a thousand pieces together. How many of you had that awesome feeling when you were done? Like, wow. Now, here's something to think about He created you, He masterly crafted you. He masterly architect you. Oh, but Dr. Cheryl, my nose is too big. My ears are too small. My eyes are too little. I'm too short, too fat, too tall, too skinny. But the Bible says he was the master craftsman. Well, if he did such a great job, then how come my life was such a mess? He's the master craftsman. When he created you, he knew everything you were going to do, and he knew everything about you, and he put you together. And the awesome thing is that no matter what you've gone through, done, said, At the very end, when all is said and done, if you come back to him and say, Help, Master Craftsman! Put me back together. And he does it. And he does an awesome job. And the Master Architect makes you better than you were. Makes you more awesome than you were. And never looks at you the way you see you. Never looks at you and says, man, do you want to know how bad you did this or that? I can't believe what you did. I can't believe what you said. You'll never hear that from Jesus. In fact, if you repent, uh uh-oh, there's that word again. As we repent, as we get on our face, or even sit straight up and just say, God, I blew it. And God, I just really need to get this right. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Heal me. Restore me. And as you are just talking to him and emptying out your heart, he's doing it. And then three seconds later, if you said, but God, I did this. He goes, what are you talking about? I made you. I'm a master craftsman. I'm an awesome architect. And I created everything from the beginning of time to the end of time. I'm it. So if somebody don't like what I made, tough. Because it's all good. Are you getting this tonight? He was the builder. He is the builder. Carpenter is good, but carpenter is so limited. Let's face it, when you think of a carpenter, you think of somebody who's working with ledges and pieces of wood and, you know, hanging things and smoothing things out. But when you think of a builder, the possibilities are endless. A builder? He could have built the temple, built a house, Built the wall that goes around the city. Built uh, your little oven in your homes so you have uh, wood-burning fires. Builders. Builders. Now look at this. Because we're going to take it a little bit further here. It says that he was the master craftsman An architect over creation. Now look at this next line. Bringing order out of chaos and peace for this world and the one to come. As a builder, he was sent by the Father to bring order out of chaos. He was probably born in the most chaotic time of biblical history. (laughs) Right? Right? The Jews were fighting with the Romans. Uh, Everybody was fighting with everybody. Every ite was fighting with somebody. There was unrest. The politics were going on. The religious world was a bunch of hypocrites and religiosity. I mean, he was born at a time where there was so much unrest in every direction. Wow, can we relate? Have we been built by the master craftsman to live in a time where there is so much going on but yet he chose us to be alive in this hour? Wow. Something to think about. Not Oh, God, I wish I lived back in the 50s after the war when everybody was prospering and everything was booming. I don't. Somebody said to me the other day, I wish I'd have lived in the roaring 20s. I said, I don't. A lot of shootings right on the street. All the mobs were fighting one another. Somebody said to me, I'd love to be a, you know, really rocking and moving in the 60s. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, I was not into bell bottoms <laughs> and tiptoeing through the tulips. And how many of you ever heard about Woodstock? I think I was 13 for Woodstock. I thought, these people are crazy. And the poor people who own the land, three days of insanity on their land. We have been chosen to live in the most awesome time of the church. The greatest harvest is at our fingertips. Yeah, we got to get off our duffs, church. We got to go speak and say about Jesus to people. We've got to be Christ-like, right? How many of you were born in his image? You were born again in his image. You were born to not just go to church, but born to be the church. Ooh. So if I'm the church then I have all power and authority under Jesus to go and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. The same Jesus that raised people from the dead, I've got their power too. Come on, Jesus, let's go raise some dead today. Oh, but Dr. Cheryl, I mean, be real. How many dead people have you raised? A lot of them. They're so dead, that's all they're doing is barely breathing. They're not doing anything, but they're saved. People, we got to get excited. We've got the master craftsman. You know, you hear about people that pay zillions of dollars to have a house built or this or that done or a portrait done of them or whatever. We've got the master craftsman. And he ain't charging us nothing but our time, our devotion, our commitment, our love, and to be like him. To bring order out of chaos. How many of you have brought order out of chaos sometimes? You've walked up on a situation and God's used you to bring some order to that person's life. They're chaotic, but you just speak a a word of love and they're like, wow. Or how about peace? He was sent to bring peace. How many of you have been ones to bring some peace? Walked in on a situation about, let's see, 2006, probably about 14 years ago. Walked in on a situation I didn't know the family. My daughter did. And she said, Mom, you got to come right away to the house. Their dad has hung himself. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. And all the way there, I'm going, God, I don't know what to do. And when I got there, they wouldn't let you in the house because the police were there and they had to man, you know, the section where they found him. And, you know, the, the little, the kids, the two daughters were just broken, especially the one that found him. She was broken. And I just, I just went up to her and I said, hi, baby. And I just threw my arms around her and she held on to me for dear life. And she said, Oh. You're Jenna's mom, yes. And she just hugged my, my, my neck and cried. And I said, you're going to be okay. And I just started to pray healing by the blood of Jesus into her heart. I mean, what do you do? What do you say? I don't know. Totally broken. And mom, I had spent some time with mom prior to that day, but mom was just sitting there like numb. Like how could this happen? And I just held her, and all you could do, and there was such peace, such peace. And she said that to me. She said, I don't know what you did. She said, but there's peace. I said, I didn't do nothing. Whew, thank you, Master Craftsman. And today, Mom is doing so good, and the daughter is married and has children and happy just because Jesus, the master craftsman, allowed me to come on the scene and just be used of him, I not know what to do. Sometimes you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. But you have been chosen by the master craftsman, and you have been given the power of his Holy Spirit because you belong to him, and you're made in his image. So, you're called to imitate the master craftsman. You're called to imitate the architect. To come on the scene and bring order out of insanity. You might have to do it at work. I don't know. I was told I'm not allowed to talk about God. Don't talk about Him then. Live Him, be Him. To people, Be Jesus to people. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi. He said, preach the gospel, and if you have to, use words. Right? Preach the gospel, and if you must, use words. So many Christians are so good at talking it. We've got to be it, live it. Oh, what does that mean? Get out of your your comfort zone and go do whatever God shows you. Maybe it's to give an encouraging word to somebody. Maybe it's to just love on somebody. Maybe it's to hand somebody a couple bucks. Who cares if you know what they're going to do with it? If God says, give them a couple bucks, give them a couple bucks. I was at Eastgate about two weeks ago, and this elderly lady approached me. She says, I don't normally do this, but I have no gas in my car. It just went on E. Do you have a couple bucks to spare? And how many of you know the enemy's right there in your mind? Well, she's probably a drug addict and wants two bucks. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. And I looked at her and I said, I will give you some money, but I need to know, do you have any knowledge of Jesus Christ? And she just looked at me. She goes, no. I said, will you allow me just five minutes, and I'll give you five bucks. I says, that's a pretty good deal, a buck a minute. She goes, sure. She goes, but I don't need five dollars. I said, well, I don't care. Then give me three minutes, and you can have two for free. She goes, well, what do you want to say to me? And I told her about the Lord, and she just started to tear up. She goes, no one's ever told me this. Wow. Roseville, Michigan, a zillion churches everywhere. People walking around the whole neighborhood. And this poor woman never heard of Jesus Christ. And she let me pray with her and lead her to Christ. And she goes, what church do you go to? So I said, oh, it's that church up on Utica, Evangel, it comes to a big peak. She goes, oh, yeah. I said, come and visit sometime. She goes, is that where you go? I said, yep. Yep, that's where I go. She says, do you think the pastors will want me to come? She says, I don't have the right clothes. I says, oh, they'll love you. They will love you. She goes, oh, good. How many of you hear what I'm saying? You are imitators of the Jesus, the Christ. He calls you to bring peace. He calls you to bring order out of chaos. Look what it says. He was in the Father's image to reflect the Father. And we're made in his image to reflect him. That's such an honor. It's such an awesome, awesome honor. Thank you, God. Thank you that you picked me. How many of you realize you didn't pick him? Bible says he chose you. We think, oh, well, I said yes to Jesus. You didn't pick him. You just had enough tiny bit of brain left to say yes, Lord. Right? 17 when I got saved. And I just had enough tiny bit of brain that when this guy said to me, Cheryl, do you want to get saved? I was so disconnected because I was raised in religion. And I just looked at him and I said, Saved? From what? And he gave me the whole gospel and I said, oh, okay, well, we don't call it that. I said, but I like that better. And I got saved because I just wanted to know God. How many of you, when they told you about Jesus, you just said yes because you wanted to know Jesus? You felt something pulling on your heart. That was him. He chose you. He created you. He's the master craftsman, the builder, the architect, the stonemason. He made you. Hallelujah. Bringing light out of darkness, order out of chaos. Some of the very first thing God did in the Bible, in Genesis, is he created. Right? You're called to imitate God. You're called to let your light shine. Listen to me. I don't know what you're thinking or what anyone in the body of Christ is thinking, but you're it. He doesn't have a special team waiting on the side to let loose, and they're going to go get people saved. You're it. You're it. You're the one he wants to go out there and win the lost. Oh, but I don't know this, and I don't know enough of that. Listen. Our team goes out every Saturday. And I get it. I get it because it's hard to set that time aside and get out there with them. But I want to tell you something. Yesterday, the praise report this morning was yesterday, um, Saturday. That was yesterday. Um, They went out, and they were at Metro Beach And there was a family, a Muslim family. The women were all dressed with the burqas and the whole nine yards. And the Lord, see, the Holy Ghost impressed them. When that Holy Ghost impresses you, do it. And they simply walked up to them and said, Hey, can we pray for you guys for anything? And they didn't speak English. So they got out their phones and used the translator. And they asked them, can we pray for you for anything? And the father stepped forward and said, how? How will you pray? And so uh, Reverend Chris looked at him and said, and pointed to the cross on her t-shirt and said, in the name of Jesus. And at first he goes, oh no. But he was in so much pain in his back. And then he said, okay. And she says, what can I pray for? And suddenly one of their little sons stepped forward because he spoke English. And he translated for his dad. And his dad said, I am in pain in my back, but I'm under a doctor's care and I take meds for it, so I'm good. And Christine said, well, let us pray. They laid hands on this man. Not everybody surrounding him. They allowed a man, one of the men in uh, in the team. He laid hands on the man's back. The man got healed. She says, will you bend over? The man bent over. He stretched. He moved around. He said to his son, tell her, this is unbelievable. And he said to her, ask her, you know, who healed me, and she said, it wasn't me. He's thanking her, and she said, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. And he said, all he could do was cry, and he kept throwing kisses up to Jesus. And he allowed them to lead his whole family to the Lord and pray the sinner's prayer. Hallelujah! Our God is the master craftsman, master builder. It doesn't get any better than that. But all we got to do is be these little lights that go out there and shine for his glory. Don't be ugly to people. There's enough anger out there. There's enough ugliness out there. Don't add to it. Yeah, but this happened and that happened. I was so aggravated. Of course you're aggravated. You're human. But don't take it out there. Out there be a light. Shine for his glory. Man, if you're trying to get a parking spot and somebody's there, let them have it. Bless them. What's the difference if you have to walk a little further? If someone is at, the other night someone was at a counter and they needed five cents, I dug in my pocket and I said, here, thanks. Just little random acts of kindness. Do it for your family. Do it for every person that God puts in front of you. My little grandson today, Gabriel, was here in church. And I said, hey, that's a hot shirt you got on there. He said, Nana, you bought it. I said, of course, that's why it's hot looking. He says, well, I need some more shirts. He says, and I need some shorts too, Nana. And I need a couple pair of pants. I said, Nana's on it. And my son-in-law is standing there, and he goes, Gabriel, why are you telling Nana that? You know she'll go get it. He turns around, and he goes, I know. Yeah. So I go this afternoon, and I bought him some clothes. And there's this little lady standing there, and she goes, what do you think of this, ma'am? And I said, oh. I said, that's really cute. Is that for your grand, grandbaby? She goes, yes. I said, well, praise the Lord. It's cute. Buy it. She goes, oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) Just speak it out. Are you with me? Shine. Look what it says. we care for his creation, working with him to bring order out of chaos. You, you're the one that he has to care for creation. You're the one that he has to be the light that's who they see that's how they see Jesus look at this you show his goodness to the world you show it you know I don't know what some of us think do you think he's going to appear to people I mean he does but overall he's using you you to share you to show you to be because Jesus was a builder Jesus was a stonemason, a builder, a master craftsman. How many of you have seen something fresh tonight? Something a little different that will take you a little deeper into who he is. Let's close with this, Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before who? Before who? Before just people you like? Before your best friends? Before people that don't drive you absolutely crazy? Before men? Before everybody? Let your light so shine that they may see. That they can see your good works. Sure, sometimes you should do things and nobody has to know that you've done a good thing. But sometimes God wants them to see that you did something because they see the reflection of him. So that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Give glory to God. When that man got healed yesterday, Chris, he looked at her and he said, you have healed me. She said, no, 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 no. (laughs) It wasn't me. It was Jesus. And she gave glory to her father and he threw kisses up to heaven. Awesome. When you do something for someone and they say, thank you, say, thank Jesus. He used me. Thank you, Jesus. He was the master craftsman, the master builder. He's all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And he's using you. He created you. Let's pray tonight. Thank you, my Father. Thank you that you are shining a Holy Ghost light tonight on your word. You're showing us a new and fresh perspective, Lord. Yeah, Jesus probably did work with some wood, but he really wasn't just a carpenter by trade. He was a stone mason, a builder. And he was that in the natural, and he's that in the spirit. He's our builder. He builds us. And Father, we're called to imitate you. We're called to be builders of people, builders of lives, encouraging, uplifting, exhorting people. So Father, tonight we repent. We thank you for that gift of repentance And we ask you to cleanse us and forgive us for when we've torn down, for when we've had negative thoughts, for when we've said wrong things and negative things about others, when we've made judgments about people just by looking at them. God, forgive us. Change us. God, we want to be builders like you. We want to imitate and be like Jesus so we thank you tonight Father we thank you for making us builders thank you that you are touching every life at home or wherever they're at watching live stream touch their lives tonight touch every person in this sanctuary tonight reveal Reveal our hearts and heal us and change us. For that, God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Give us words to speak so we'll not walk around silent. Give us words to talk to people and things to say and how to reach and touch their hearts and bring change and healing. And let us be what you've called us to be. Let us see that our lives, all that matters is to live as Christ, to die as gain. And all that matters is that when we stand before you, God, just look at us and say, well done, man, you did a good job. We thank you for that tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to